Thank you for listening into Her Wild Outdoors. Today, Adrian Jessen joins me from Review This Thing, and we get to talk about her YouTube videos that educate and instruct us on the facts. And so listen in to see what all of those are and how this passion has turned into a project that that most not just outdoorsmen, but most people can come in and learn more about the products that we should be using. Okay, everybody, thanks for joining in for another episode of Her Wild Outdoors. Today, I am honored to have a new friend that I made at the Poma Conference. Well, I don't know, Adrian. we kind of were talking a little bit before that, so I can't say new friend, but we have face-to-face friendship now. Um, Exactly. (laughs) But Adrian is here with me, Adrian Jessen, and we're here talking about review this thing. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I am too. I have loved kind of getting to know you a little bit. um, But when you're at a conference, it's there's it's a little chaotic. So being able to sit down with you and kind of hear your story and how uh, all of this came to be and who you are behind the videos is, is exciting to me. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, it it was very fun. I I was telling somebody it was kind of like drinking from a fire hydrant. It's true. (laughs) To be able to just kind of calm down a little bit and have a conversation where you're not talking over people yes yes that sort of thing so it'll be it'll be fun yeah I I, the whole week I I think I woke up Friday morning and you were driving Friday but I woke up Friday morning and just oh what just happened um (laughs) definitely (laughs) there were so many great people to meet and so many conversations to have but it's like little glimpses of people even if Mm -hmm. you get a 30-minute conversation it's still a small glimpse so Uh, yeah so let's get into it tell me who you are and and just kind of a background on how you've been inspired by the outdoors um so the the funny part is I did not I did not grow up in um I grew up in a very small town but it was a town. Mm-hmm. So I didn't grow up out like quote unquote outdoors what we mean today. Yeah. Um so didn't do a ton of like hiking or um definitely no hunting, very a little fishing but not a ton. Mm-hmm. And um none of my family hunted. It was a you know, none of this was part of my growing up life. Right. But I would definitely say the outdoors have always been a huge part of my life because, uh, number one, I played sports. So I played whatever I could play to get outside. Uh, but then also I grew up in the era of, you know, you wake up, you eat your cereal, you go outside and play all day. Yeah. You come back for some some Kool-Aid and a sandwich, and then you go out and play some more. So, like, the, the outdoors – has always been my favorite place to be. It just was not in the, you know, kind of when, when people say outdoors nowadays, we're talking, you know, hunting, fishing, hiking, kayaking. Uh, so I didn't do that until more into my adult years. But yeah, I think, being outdoors is, is always been who, who I am. Well, yeah. And I think you and I probably grew up very similar, small town, but still like I grew up in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, it, but the outside was where I lived. The inside right, was exactly. where I washed the dirt line off and went right. to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's just how it was. It was a little bit of a tomboy growing up. Um, yeah. but at the same time, I think, I think it's underrated maybe, or it's, uh, it's not, accepted right now in in the definition of the outdoors but I definitely right. put it in my outdoors living because that's where mm-hmm. you learned how to scrape your knee and rub some dirt into it like right. that yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean that's just how you learn as a kid is by mm-hmm. playing and right. whether you're playing in the mountains of Montana or the Appalachian Mountains whether you're doing that or you're playing outside in a dirt pile Mm -hmm. it's the same skills that you're learning as a kid you're still playing and I think that we discount the value of play as a kid oh yeah and even like 
you know, the ability to problem solve and, you know, deal with, with conflict resolution, you know, like all of that play and, and pretend and, um, imagination just made you appreciate how to make the most of things, Mm -hmm. make the most of outdoors, make the most of a stick Yeah. (laughs) yeah, and, and how to, to be with people. Yeah, I think a stick was the most valuable exactly. <laughs> thing that we had growing up. It could be anything from a fishing pole anything. to a, anything. anything. I mean, it was mm-hmm. to a gun a to yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it was it, depending on the shape and size. It could be anything your imagination mm-hmm. wanted it to be, absolutely. and I, that. Oh, it just takes me back. We had so many boys in the neighborhood. <laughs> mm-hmm. My sister and I are tech, not technically, but we're we're right under thirteen months apart, so almost Irish twins. And then there were all the boys, and so we got lessons very quickly in how to how to work our way into the club. Uh, exactly as to as to say, and uh, the importance of. Not complaining, not whining, just being a part of the crew. Mm-hmm. And I think that those lessons have been valuable in getting into a hunting community mm-hmm. because I just am part of the crew. And right. and <clears throat> it's what you apply, like how I learned, like you said, those lessons of how to how to talk to people, how to communicate, how to problem solve, how to um just all of those things you can apply now as an adult. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely underrated. Play is underrated these days. Uh, the freedom to play is mm-hmm. underrated. Yes. Definitely. Well, what you had, you grew up in a town, you grew up in, but when you did start into more of the, and I say this in quotes, the outdoor community. Mm-hmm. When was that? So I think pretty much what happened was I played things my whole growing up year. So mm-hmm. you know, I played, um, played all the sports, but soccer was kind of the main one. Mm-hmm. Went to college to play, um, just was always playing something. And then I think what happened was when I graduated from college, it was one of those things where um, I didn't continue to play. Mm -hmm. So I I had an injury, but it was fine, but then it wasn't. So I, you know, in order, in order not to re-aggravate it, I stopped playing, like playing soccer, playing sports. And and so just to be able, I I think in order to continue that lifestyle, I found other things to do. So Mm -hmm. I think kind of like what you were saying a minute ago, it's pretty much just playing as an adult. It is. So (laughs) yeah. So you start like, hiking and kayaking and um whatever whatever it is riding bikes whatever it is that you can do that you can be gives you a good reason to be outside besides just sitting on your porch which is not necessarily a bad thing but it gives you something to do Mm -hmm. outside i agree and then um so then um i met my husband in a school and he's hunted his whole entire life gotcha and that was definitely not anything that I was interested in, people used to joke and ask me before I started hunting, they asked me if I hunted and I said, my answer was typically something like, yeah, I hunt for the the blanket so I can turn it over while he's out in the woods, <laughs> you know, some, some funny, witty, as yeah. I thought anyway, response. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, I'd never shot a gun until I, until I married my husband mm-hmm. and, uh, we, one day he, we went shooting and of course it's super fun and um a challenge mm-hmm. and i'm all about a challenge give yep. me something uh that might be difficult and let me see if i can do it mm-hmm. and so loved that um and he also is a bow hunter and so i decided i wanted to get a bow so when he's out practicing i could you know shoot with him and of course you know that then becomes the challenge of, well, if I can shoot it at a target, maybe I can shoot it at an animal. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, started, actually started deer hunting by bow hunting and then, um, didn't figure I'd ever want to go gun hunting because it was too cold and I didn't want to sit out in the cold. But of course, once you get the bug, it takes hold and 
You want all of the ways. Hunting and <laughs> yeah. all the things, yeah. all the ways to go out into the woods and hunt things. So um, I think I, I was trying to figure it out the other day. I, I guess we've been married almost 17 years mm-hmm. and I probably started hunting two to three years in. So I guess maybe let's say 14 years I've mm-hmm. been, I've been hunting now. Yeah. That's, I think I'm coming up on my ninth season of deer hunting. Um, ninth or ten, ninth year of deer hunting. It'll be 10 years next year. So uh, it's like, we're very similar in those. Th- Where did you go to school? Um, it what? Uh, college? Or? Yes, college. I went to a very small school in Meisenheimer, North Carolina called Pfeiffer University. I have heard of it. Oh, very nice. I know. Um, I, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it. Don't hear me say that, but I have heard of it. Um, Not many people say that, so it's great. That's, but y'all met there and. No, we met in graduate school. Oh, where'd you go to grad school? So. We met in the mountains of, of uh, North Carolina at Western Carolina University. Oh, man, North Carolina is so pretty. We've mm-hmm. like the the North Carolina and then the northern part of South Carolina, like the northwestern mm-hmm. part of South Carolina. It's just I've driven through there multiple times and it's just gorgeous. Uh, it is very gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people have asked me because they know I'm from Tennessee and they know that Tennessee has such a different uh, topography across the whole state, like from the Western flatlander side of Tennessee to mm-hmm. where you get a little bit more hilly and you get the water and everything in, in middle Tennessee. And then you hit the mountains in East Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, what, ab- what about those mountains, the smoky mountains <laughs> um, yep. versus the Rocky mountains out West? And there's just no comparing, right? Yeah. I, it's just, it's, very it's, different. I, and is. I grew up in Southeast Tennessee. So I grew up seeing those mountains yeah. my whole life and didn't appreciate it near as much as I should have as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, having, and then, you know, you travel out West and it's, it's a whole different mm-hmm. beauty. Like they're both amazing and beautiful, but I wouldn't say, oh, those are way more beautiful than these. Like no, it's just it's different. something special in both of them. Yeah. yeah. Every time I've been to to East Tennessee into the mountains, it is more of a, it feels like a rainforest. It's very humid mm-hmm. and damp and oh, yeah. your temperature changes sometimes by 10 to 20 degrees, depending on where you are. And, and then going out West, it's all rocky. So you, you're very mm-hmm. green and luscious and right. It is. You you walk through and it smells like a rainforest versus being yeah. out west. It's it's not comparable. They each have mm-hmm. magnificent beauty and I love it. Absolutely. Um, oh yeah. But okay, so you in hunting, uh I would agree like I started bow hunting instead of gun hunting because where we could hunt guns weren't allowed. And so Mm -hmm. that was the only way to get in there. And I think that introducing hunters to deer hunting, especially bow hunting is one of the best ways in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. In Tennessee, you can use crossbows. So even for a new hunter, you can uh, get them into archery season versus Mm -hmm the orange army right. of yeah of gun season and so it's quiet it's more quiet mm-hmm. you have to let the deer come in closer mm-hmm. it's just a, an experience that i think tends to lead into a closer encounter with nature versus mm-hmm. shooting something 300 yards off or even 100 right. yards off it right. just brings them in a little bit closer I, I totally agree. One mm-hmm. of the things that I um, really enjoyed when I started bow hunting was it was it was very frustrating at times. But <laughs> if you know you, you have a deer that'll come to like fifty yards, mm-hmm. and the the really cool part is you get to watch a lot of things happen. Yes, because you know you're not going to sh- shoot at fifty yards, so mm-hmm. you just get to watch this really just some really cool things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, you obviously get a little frustrated because you're like, man, if I had a gun. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's so true. But, you know, I, the first two years I was hunting, I didn't get anything, but 
I got oh. to see two bucks fighting uh-huh. in in a very, very small field close up within 70 yards. Just mm-hmm. I could almost feel that pop as their antlers hit each other and they oh, ran yeah. into each other. Yeah. And to see that so close yet not be able to shoot made mm-hmm. me just sit back and enjoy it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, I, there's just, there's something to that that is intoxicating. <laughs> it is. And, and them having like the animals, not, and not just the deer, you know, if it's a squirrel or turkeys mm-hmm. come through or, mm-hmm. you know, a fox or whatever, just seeing these animals live their life and have no clue you're there. Yes. It's just super, I don't know, like you say, it's very um, mesmerizing. Mm -hmm. It's very, like, you just want more of it. Like, there are times where I've been hunting and, you know, don't get anything. and But it's like, oh, yeah, but this really cool thing happened. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, but I've got to see this. Mm -hmm. And that that definitely, I think, takes some um, hunting maturity, I guess, (laughs) uh, which I did not have when I started. Uh But definitely was all about the kill and and, uh, would get frustrated going so several times and, and, you know, not being able to kill anything, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I feel like I've gotten better. I'm not great at it, but I've definitely gotten better at the ability just to enjoy the process and mm-hmm. enjoy hearing nature wake up. And, and it's, uh, it's really a beautiful thing. We always take, when my daughter and I go, we always take bets on who wakes up first, the squirrels or the birds that day. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> who's going to, who's going to buy the, the hamburger on the way home and who, That's right. <laughs> on, based on who picks what, but it is, yep. there are things that you can appreciate out there because the ultimate goal is to bring something home. Uh, right, right. but it rarely, it's not the majority of the time. Um, oh yeah, no, definitely not. Mm-mm. Well, tell me, because I like to ask this question, uh, you have talked about your husband being, um, kind of the instigator to getting you hooked, but is, are there any other people who have mentored you through, are there any women who have mentored you along the way? Uh, so Unfortunately, I was I was really trying to to process through and decide like, is there any other anybody else that really drove me or pushed me mm-hmm. to want to go this direction? And you know, it really was one of those things that I decided I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I like a challenge. I like to do something new and and try to be decent at it yeah. and my husband's just super supportive and of course anything that gets him more hunting time is exciting <laughs> for him so he was definitely all about it um but yeah no like I really I was trying to think and probably as soon as we're done talking I'll, I'll think of somebody but I don't really know any other women who hunt yeah um and I I, I was I know some younger girls now whose like dads took them or, or whatnot, but mm-hmm. even not even like a, ahead of me mentor, but like people in my community or not in my community, but in my circle, my mm-hmm. own age. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really know. I don't have any close friends who also hunt. Yeah. Um, not really any, a, a lot of women who spend a great deal of time hunting. It's the same for me. Yeah, no, it is kind of sad. And we kind of touched a little bit on this before we hit record. And I was talking with Jeff Forrester about it last night that it's, I am completely grateful to the men in my life who have Mm -hmm. kind of shown and mentored me through not just hunting, but the hunting community. But I didn't, I wasn't on social media until three years ago with hunting. And Mm -hmm. before that, I didn't know anybody around me who was a woman who hunted. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's, you see this community of women on social media and you think there are so many women in the world that hunt, but you're stuck in this community online Whereas when you take a step back and you look within 
you know, a mile, 20 mile, Mm -hmm. 40 mile distance, you still might not be able to reach out and and actually find a physical person who is a woman who hunts. Um, Mm -hmm. Our community is so small anyway. If you think about the hunting community, Mm -hmm. the percentage of hunters versus non-hunters and Mm anti-hunters and all of that, we're such a small community. And then you then double down, triple down on how many of those people are women and you start seeing that number, if you divide it up over the states and over the world, right? Yeah, you really don't have that. And so mm-hmm. getting on social media and being able to reach out and talk to people and make connections with people, I think that that's when I can say I have women who inspire me to keep going mm-hmm. and I have women who encourage me to try new things because I'm connected to them on social media, but not right. because I have or had close friends who in the beginning mentored me through it. Or even like you said, right. same stage of your hunting mm-hmm. walking alongside of you. Right. Yeah. And it is yeah. sad. But I think that, um, you know, the next generations that are coming up are going to have a whole different story to tell. And that's exciting. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is. I was going to say one thing I think that's really neat, too, is um, I think the the image is changing a bit as well. Because um, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the women, like if when, when I started hunting, if I were to try to turn on the television to watch, to see a woman hunting, it was um typically not a woman who fit who I was like right. it was someone who you know they owned 50,000 acres and were growing these huge giant bucks or mm-hmm. you know they you know they have their own television show or you or they've been hunting their whole life because they're you know their whole family has hunted their entire life and they've been in the television industry and yeah so to to watch women on television you know whatever 10 15 years ago that even still wasn't like, oh, she's like me. It was like, yeah, well, those people aren't like me at all. I'll never. <laughs> you can't relate. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to have 50,000 acres of land or whatever, mm-hmm. 5,000 acres where I'm growing these 190 class deer. Right. So I don't want to watch that show. That, that doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of even the stuff that we watch isn't the women. Right. Because it's not women who. I could relate to in the, in the stage of, of my hunting. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's changing some, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I think it would be neat to see more, um, YouTube hunters who are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we watch a lot of hunting on YouTube, um, the hunting public, the Ben Hody project, um, uh, Shane Simpson, you know, like we watch yeah. a lot of these turkey hunt guys and deer hunt guys, and it's all guys. Um, occasionally the, uh, Dave, has his girlfriend on there, uh, which is really cool. Uh, but it, it would be neat to have more of the YouTube channel people who are, are women hunters. Yeah. So they're just, you know, you just and regular me. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do it? How do you really maintain? Yeah. How do you do it? <laughs> how do you maintain a job? How do you maintain yeah. uh, and balance regular mm-hmm. life with the lifestyle of hunting? Um, like we and do it. Reporting and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I think that that's needed. I think hearing the stories through a podcast or, you know, a IG live or anything like that, that's great um, because it's introducing and it's it's putting people in front of you that are relatable. So um, I don't know. Maybe that'll happen soon. Maybe somebody will will get the itch to do it. I maybe. I think it's needed as well because I would like to see that. I'd like to see the hard work that goes into it mm-hmm. because we put the hard work in. Um, right, right. And that's just regular. That's 99% of the women in hunting out there. <laughs> right, exactly. The 1% that that actually you see, um, yeah, it's not it's not relatable. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um and it's important to see how somebody like you can do it, uh, whether they're they've been hunting since they were little or they've mm-hmm. started like you and me. It's uh, 
it's important to see how people do it. Um, So, which leads me kind of into (laughs) how do you do it? And you're, (laughs) you have begun this thing that it's review this thing and it's on YouTube. It's, it's on Instagram. It's, but your main focus, your main platform is YouTube, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us how this all came to be. It's actually, it's a pretty fun story. We, so my, anytime I buy anything, I'm super analytical. Like I rarely just go, oh, I want an X and then go buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I'm like, well, I need to make sure I'm buying the best of this or I don't want it to break down. You know, is it, is it worth the money? Can I, can I get it somewhere cheaper? You know, all these millions of questions that I ask before I buy just about anything. And, um, you know, you go on YouTube, you, you know, you read the reviews on places, you go on YouTube and watch reviews or you watch how things work. And my husband and I were just several times we're just sitting watching these videos and we're like, well, that was a terrible review. I didn't tell <laughs> anything I wanted to know. And so you spend all this time watching five, 10, 12 reviews, you know, and wasting what feels like forever. And you still mm-hmm. don't know everything you want to know. And so uh, we were actually on vacation in uh, Kalispell, Montana. So it's pretty cool that the Poma conference is there next year. Yes. It's kind of full circle, but um, so we were hiking up a mountain and just started talking about, we need to do something. We, we need to start a channel where we just review things and, and answer all the questions that we always have that nobody else answers them. And we'll call it review this thing. And that way we can just review whatever we want to review. And so we're hiking up this mountain and pretty much just kind of laid out the plan. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things. It's like, Oh, that'd be fun. And then went to the back burner. Like most things are. And, um, Last year, just kind of got to a, a place. We were home a lot more because we right. couldn't really travel places. And so being home more, we I was like, like it's time. You know what? Let's do it. If, if we're going to do it, I'm doing it. Let's let's get started. Let's just film some stuff, put it out there and see what happens. And um, just kind of messed around with it for a few months, seeing seeing how to do it, learning some things. And then, I don't know, maybe six to eight months ago, really started focusing on doing it well, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. And um, still learning a ton, still trying to get better at it, but just having a lot of fun. Um, we, mostly the products that we've reviewed are things that we already had. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of them. Some of them are things that um, we've been fortunate enough to have sent to try out. Um, but a lot of the, especially the first videos are just things that we already had. And mm-hmm. we're like, okay, well, let's tell people about this. Well, let's tell people about this thing. What are, what are some of the, when you decide to review something, what, because I'm, I love outlines and prepping and mm-hmm. yes, knowing yes. the questions. <laughs> like we're, I think you and I are very similar in that. So I, think I, so, yeah. I like the, the logistics of things. I like to know that just analyze all of it. But when you look at something to review it, what are some of the things that you keep in mind going into it? What are some of the questions that that you definitely want answered for almost anything? Um, That's actually a really good question. And we, in our little, our little hiking process, we came up with a format, I guess Mm -hmm. you'd call it. And so we, we say that we cover the facts. Yeah. So the first part is, is fit. So, um, how, how does it fit? And sometimes, I mean, with clothing, that's obviously easy, you know, yeah. does it fit how it's supposed to? Um, but you know, if you're talking about, does it fit your need? So even if, the, you know, we have a couple of reviews of, um, like the Virginia creeper trail and, and Grayson Highlands state park in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And both of those are like, well, does it fit what you're looking for, for a vacation spot? Yeah. So not just how does it fit you, but does it, is it going to fit in your space? Is it going to fit wherever? Um, so that's the F. And then the A is, is it as advertised? So does it actually do what they say it's supposed to do? If you pull yes. it up online and look and it says, Oh, it does this and this, does it actually do those things? Mm-hmm. Um, Which sometimes they don't. (laughs) Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do not. Mm -hmm. Um, The C is construction and durability. Mm -hmm. So how is it built? How are, you know, even 
are there things that we like about the way it's built? Does it have, you know, is it fits a pair of pants? Does it have enough pockets? Right. Do the pockets work well? Um, and then testimonials and reviews. So we, I like to go through, cause I always read reviews before I buy anything. Yeah. So I like to go through and read the really bad ones and tell people what the horrible things people have to say about it are. Mm-hmm. And, and then, cause you know, you've, you've read reviews where somebody gets, gives a product a one star and, and the reason is because Amazon sent them the wrong thing. Right. 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 Like, well, that's not really a fair that's one not star. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So some of them, that's kind of where the ones and twos come from, but some are, some of the, the negatives are things that we have found ourselves. And right. Some of them are things we never experienced. So we just like to put those out there so people know what it is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the S is, should I buy this thing? And so, kind of summarize it and say I'll give you a little um, caveat here is that most of the time the answer is it depends right because <laughs> uh, it really depends like what are you looking for mm-hmm. what do you want to use it for how much are you wanting to spend so there's only been a couple of them that are like absolutely go get one now right um, but most of them it, but but it really gives people the opportunity to have all the information and then make the the decision themselves yeah. based on our experience. Have you ever had an absolutely no, do not go buy this? <laughs> so the tricky part, so there's a product that I have now that I'm, that will be the response mm-hmm. if I end up doing the review. Yeah. But most of the time, for one thing, if it's a product I bought, I did this whole, all this research before I bought it. So I likely wouldn't buy something that was, I was pretty sure I was going to be true. garbage. Yeah. Um, and so the, the real answer is no, okay. uh, because, because of that, there's been a couple that I'm like, eh, for my purposes, no, don't, I wouldn't buy this again. But for somebody else, it I, might be different. Right. Mm-hmm. It could be exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. Right. And we had a conversation <laughs> at Puma about, about pants and yes, <laughs> yes. pants are uh. very individual. <laughs> like it is, yeah. it is almost impossible for one pant to be something that I love that everybody else would love. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. And I, there are probably multiple products out there that are like that, but, but pants are very specific to Mm -hmm. your individual needs. And it's like you said, it's about the pockets. It's about how comfortable it is. Do you, Mm -hmm. do you like things that fit your body a little bit closer or do you like to have space for air? And uh, I had never, I had never heard that said before. And when you said that, I thought, well, that makes total sense. I do like things to be a little bit closer to my skin, mm-hmm. whereas you like to have a little bit more air, a little bit more not right. feeling that claustrophobic feeling. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm always afraid something's going to crawl up my legs. And if I feel like my <laughs> pants are on my legs, then that can't happen. Of course, that's not true. But, <laughs> that's right. but hey, it makes you feel better. <laughs> those ticks are, are very, uh, uh, I hate ticks, but, um, uh-huh. but I would love to hear some of your favorite products that you have reviewed. Uh, so the funny thing is, when we started the channel, it was a very um, concerted effort not to just do hunting things. Right. Um, because we have a lot of hunting things. Mm-hmm. So you'll see there still are a lot of hunting things on there. Yeah. But it was, I didn't want to get kind of pigeonholed into this one area. Yeah. Which is the so, same for me um, on the podcast. That's why it's her right. wild outdoors, not yes. her hunting or her. her right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you don't want to just be like, oh, that's the people that review hunting stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, it's cool if they're like, oh, these people also review hunting stuff yes. pretty well. So yeah. let's check them out. But um, so the funniest thing, and, and I don't, I, I am new to this, so I'm not great at like the, the analytics and what happened and why it happened. But so we did the um, Power XL Air Fryer Pro. <laughs> that video and we've had it for, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. And I was like, oh, let's do this thing. It's in the, it's here in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that video, uh, which I know compared to some other people, it's not a ton, but it's about to hit like 24,000 views. That's and amazing. I have no idea why. 
<laughs> but I'm not complaining. No. So, but the that's probably one of my favorites because it's gotten such traction. Mm-hmm. Um, without expect- of, without that yeah, expectation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because you, know, you post some stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, people are going to love this one. And it's like crickets. <laughs> oh, I, and then yes. You just randomly put this thing up. Um, also, the um, I did one on the friendly TV app. Mm-hmm. And it's same thing. It was like, oh, this will be, it's something different. It's not a, a game camera. So let's cool, let's do it. And that one, it's not quite as many, but I mean, it's, I think, near or over 8,000 views now. Mm-hmm. So which one is that? Tell me what that is. So it's, you know, kind of like Sling or Philo or, you know, all those apps where you can watch different. But the the cool thing about it is I think it's like six or seven dollars a month. It's not super expensive, Mm -hmm. but it has um, on the channel. There's like I think it used to be 14, but it may be 13 channels now. But the main thing is it has the weather channel, which some people love. It also has um hallmark channel mm-hmm. hallmark movies and mysteries and i think there's some there's a third hallmark channel but in addition to the weather channel and the hallmark channels it also has um the outdoor channel and oh. the sportsman's channel yeah. and i think there's like the fishing network so like it has all the hallmarky channels so if you like your movies and mysteries or your you know your christmas movies but then it also has all the outdoor channels which means it so supports it's pretty awesome the outdoors which is exactly pretty great yeah yeah and so it's really cool because you know six dollars a month if you cut cable like like we have yeah um then it you works. can watch you know yeah you can watch sport you can watch your mystery 101 mm-hmm. and then you can turn around and watch meat eater mm-hmm. so it's perfect yeah <laughs> No, that's pretty cool. I, I think that when when you and I kind of connected, I had thought, well, maybe it's all outdoor stuff. But then as I started looking through, it's a you didn't pigeonhole yourself. Mm-hmm. You you yeah. have really stepped out into things that you guys use and utilize and like. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, you have been doing a lot of of stuff on guns and things. And I Mm -hmm. appreciate that because it's, unless you have, like if you're going to buy a gun, whether you are a man or a woman or a child going to figure Mm -hmm. out what fits you, you can't just go online and be like, that's it. That's not how it works. You can do it that way, but you probably, Mm -hmm. if you've never touched the gun in your life and you do it that way based on just reviews mm-hmm. that are written, then right. you might not like it. In, in fact, I probably would say it. there's a high probability that you might not like it. Um, right. So seeing how, you know, depending on your size and, and all of that, seeing somebody handle it, see somebody use it, and that would make so much more sense to me if I can't get hands-on mm-hmm. with it. Right, Exactly. And now it's very difficult to to just go get hands on a gun. Some, uh-huh. some places, yeah. Unless you go to a, a range that allows you to rent mm-hmm. guns to try, which can right. be expensive, um, mm-hmm. or you have a buddy that will let you try it. Right. And right. I try to lean on that as much as possible because I don't mm-hmm. want to spend my money on something that right. I haven't seen. Like I could look at you and your video of something and say, okay, based on her size and what that fit is and how she says it fits and what it looks like and how she can handle it, Mm -hmm. I would feel more comfortable going out and checking it out. Right. Yeah. And the thing that's really neat. um, So I I think this is super cool, but because I'll tell you why I think it's super cool in a second. But so like 90 Maybe it's 80% of the viewership of our channel is male. Hmm. And I think that's really cool for a couple of reasons. One, because, you know, historically the, the, they, the, they people would tell you that men don't tend to watch information from women yep. about outdoor products. Yeah. Um, and so it's really cool because, uh, actually this, just this week there was, um, Long story, but I messaged a person to share some videos and they, uh, it was a, it was a male and he was, um, 
He said, great, thanks. And then he answered back and said, oh, actually, I've watched your videos. That, that, that's I, I'm pretty sure that's your videos is why I bought that gun. <laughs> and so that's awesome. it was super <laughs> awesome. Yeah, because, you know, it's a guy who mm-hmm. watched me and was like, oh, I want to buy I'm going to buy that gun. Mm-hmm. And so it's cool because it's it's neat to to feel like we're doing something well enough that it even 80 percent, even the males can trust the information that we're providing. Right. Um, And again, a very kind of blanket statement, but typically that's not how that works. No, it's not. Um, I mean, I think my listenership is is very much so the other way around. And Mm -hmm. so uh, even though my following, I think I just changed it up to where it used to be around 80, 20 men and women. Mm -hmm. And I think that that just has to do with the, the overall demographic of men in the outdoors and women in the outdoors, but it has jumped up recently to 70, 30. And I'm excited to see that continue to to change mm-hmm. over and get a little bit more half and half. Um, yeah, but no, that's I, you rarely hear of that. That's awesome. Yeah, and the cool the other cool part is that that leaves um, a, another huge group of people who aren't really aware of our channel yet. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if more, especially if women can help, because obviously with outdoor type things, it's probably typically the the man of the house who's helping make the decisions about which game camera to buy or right. which gun to buy or those sorts of things. Um, so it would be neat to see more women watch our stuff and help in making those decisions or, yeah. um, you know, even some of the other outdoor things we have or other not outdoor things, you know, whether it's camping stuff or mm-hmm apps or whatever yeah um so it's cool because it leaves an opportunity a a huge opportunity for more women to start watching the channel as well well we're only as good as the information that we have and that information Mm -hmm. has to be valuable it has to have merit and so utilizing your youtube channel as a tool to uh, to become more educated on things to to listen in not only are you learning about that product but you're learning about the the jargon that you use the terms that oh, you yeah. use and and so i think that that's where some value comes into new hunters is when you are even just watching a review on a product on an outdoor product especially if you are listening to the language that's used, then you are you're also learning how to communicate and communicate to a, a to a place where you don't sound like you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Where, I mean, <laughs> uh, in the yeah, beginning exactly. when I just started, I didn't. I mean, I was still learning it how you know, the difference between antlers and horns, the difference between a a shotgun shell and, um, and a casing on a bullet like that. There are so many different things that you learn by listening and by watching Mm -hmm. and by taking it all in, not just watching. It's almost like if I, if I take one of your reviews on YouTube and I watch it, I almost need to watch it the first time as a product review and the second time I can kind of listen in and learn more about the outdoors through it. Mm, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I have no, I haven't really thought about that a bit. It, it definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're an educator, is, not just a yeah, reviewer. Definitely a, an assumption when we're reviewing something that the people watching know that information. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to think of it as listening again to be like, okay, well, okay, I've heard that word, but I didn't really know what that word meant. Mm -hmm. Now in that, and and seeing it used in that context, I understand that concept now. Yeah. I think that people, we keep saying, and I keep saying this over and over, we we need more women in teaching positions. And so what Mm -hmm. does, but what does that look like to you? 
And what does that, how can you, because it's not like everybody can just go out and have the time to mentor somebody physically one-on-one out in the field. Well, sometimes you just don't have that ability. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be through conversations. Sometimes it can be through the written word. Sometimes it can be through a YouTube video where you're reviewing things. And I think that looking at what you are doing I see that as you being a part of the teaching world, the educating world of of products that I use. And so um so kudos. I give you I give you major well, props you. for that. I really appreciate that. Thank you. It's finding your place in the community that I think has I had a conversation with Jen Smith one time and she said, you know what? I said what do you think your platform is? What do you think your goal is, your mission is for being on social media? And she kind of had to do a, a step back and and reass- not reassess, but assess that. Well, it started mm-hmm. as a journal. It started as a way of of taking in where she has been and place it somewhere and make a journal of it. But then the more that it came out, it was just teaching authenticity and teaching uh, truth and honesty, which you don't get a whole lot. And so each person out there, you're influencing other people if you're putting your stuff out there, whether you like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's probably very true. Yeah. So I think that you're doing a great job. And um, I know I loved being out on the range with you. You're encouraging. Um, I couldn't shoot any of the big rifles because of my shoulder. Um, Mm -hmm. But man, I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. very fun. That was yeah. a good day. I getting to shoot some things. You got to shoot that big muzzle loader too with with yes. Tony. Mm-hmm. With the muzzle brake on there. Fun. Holy yes. moly. Oh, it's Mm-mm. something. I love a muzzle brake. I don't know if I'll ever I don't know if I'll ever have another rifle that does not have have one of those on it. Okay, so we can talk about this real quick. I am about to okay. have so shoulder surgery next week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um And my surgeon said, (laughs) now don't go out in November and shoot some big ass gun that is going to ruin the work that we are putting in on the shoulder. Right. Yes. So I have a 308. I'm not going to say what kind it is because that does not (laughs) matter, but it does not have (laughs) the ability to to thread a muzzle brake on it. So I've got to figure out something to take out there that is going to be a little bit gentle on my shoulder mm-hmm. and yet pack enough of a punch mm-hmm. to to put an animal down ethically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funny thing is the surgeon looked at me and said, is this like for a TV show? Can you just pretend to shoot and have somebody else shoot it? And I was like, hell no, I can't do What are you? Absolutely what, not. Who do you think I am? Let's just That's have right. an education lesson right here. That's right. Um, but that is a good question. If you have somebody, a hunter who's coming in and whether it's an injury or fear of a rifle, what are you looking for in order to lower that recoil? Um, so I'm not a super expert, but I will tell you what I know. Yeah. Um, often a heavier stock mm-hmm. helps decrease recoil, mm-hmm. but then you run into, well, if you're hiking up a mountain, do you really want a heavier right. gun? Right. Um, but so, um, the muzzle brake, I had never had a threaded barreled rifle until this past November and, um, didn't really know what the muzzle brake did, had no idea, but having, now had a rifle with a muzzle brake. So the one I bought was a six, five Creedmoor, which is a mm-hmm. very low recoil rifle anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting that muzzle brake on it, it basically, I mean, it's, it's like shooting a two forty three. like there's barely any recoil to it. Um, and then, I just a few months ago, got a three Oh eight that was threaded, but did not have a brake on it. So just to test out some brakes, I bought a couple and, I mean, it's like night and day, the amount of recoil. Generally, I think they say a muzzle brake should decrease recoil by 30 to 40%, Mm -hmm. some more. 
Um, but to me, it's a huge difference. And that helps with, you know, not flinching, right. not being worried about the gun. You know, anticipation. To, mm-hmm. Yes. And improve repeatability, improve your accuracy. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will say in terms of caliber that, you know, some people will say it doesn't matter with the caliber if, as long as you're, you are comfortable with the gun and can make a, a good ethical shot. Mm-hmm. You don't need a big 300 win mag or whatever. Um, but having that, the capability to have a little bit heavier, quote unquote, caliber like a 308. Yes. But then Break knock it. that recoil out mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to have to be. Now I will say. Yeah. The brake makes it very loud. It makes yeah. the gun a lot louder because yeah. it it moves the, all of that compression out instead of back. Yeah. But, you know, you never hear it when you're. When you're. When you're. Pulling the trigger. Up. <laughs> yeah. You, never, you don't even know the gun went off. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's now, very true. To, um, to your situation, um, I have never had this done. So I don't, I can't speak super intelligently to it, but um, most gunsmiths, from what I understand, can thread a barrel. Yep. I'll have to so talk to mine you, and just see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If, so if you have a rifle and you don't want to buy a new one, yeah. then most. I hear that most guns you can figure can it out very yep. easily thread a barrel. Yeah, I think that that's something you know having having talked to multiple women who, like yourself, went from archery hunting into gun hunting. So kind of doing the opposite of what non hunters would think that we would do is right. yeah. Um, when you go from something that is so quiet like a mm-hmm. bow when you go from something that is almost, I mean, you, you can't, you're not disturbing nature all that much. You're not right. Right. feeling that recoil. You're not having that anticipation as much with, mm-hmm. it's different. It's totally different. You can't compare right. it. But mm-hmm. when you're going from a bow to a gun, it is a drastic difference in not just your physical being, but your mental anticipation your mental Mm -hmm. fear versus respect and it's it's changing it from fear to respect that um makes you a little bit more comfortable shooting it oh yeah for sure that muzzle break on that muzzle litter was amazing yeah oh yeah because i mean that's a it's a pretty could be a pretty hard kicking gun oh yeah and i mean it's did you telling, uh, did, did you shoot it out my, to seven fifty as well? Yeah, I did. Oh, it's yeah. such a good feeling. And it's insane. Like <laughs> a muzzleloader that can hit a target at seven hundred fifty yards. Yeah, insane. I know it. It's crazy. I know it. But I was showing my husband the video, and I was telling him now. Obviously, you have to wait for the the bullet to get to seven hundred fifty yards. Mm-hmm. So it's not an immediate like you pull the trigger. Oh, I hit it, Mm-mm. but. Um, the first time I shot it out to 750, I missed because of the wind and all that. Mm-hmm. And so I could see it miss, which the the value of that is I was able to keep, even with a 40 caliber muzzleloader, mm-hmm. I was able to keep my eye in the scope enough to, watch. to see it miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that too, which we're not really talking about muzzleloaders, but the brake also disperses the smoke. Right. Which so often that you when can you're see. With a muzzleloader, you can't see what's going on. No, I couldn't this year when I took my deer this year with mm-hmm. a muzzleloader. It was, I had to yeah. mark where she was when I shot mm-hmm. in order to then go there and figure things out. Because once the yeah. the smoke came out, there, I couldn't see anything. So that right. yeah. is a pretty, I think. If you're going old school and you want it to be completely original to what it used to be, then then that is one thing. But if you're if you're hunting an animal, Mm -hmm. I think that it is ethical to be able to see where that animal goes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So a huge a huge point of of that muzzle or that muzzle break is that you can see it doesn't block your your light of or your sight line Mm -hmm. helps get the smoke out of the way yeah Yeah. and thank you tony for we're gonna give you a shout out for teaching us all about it because the patience that uh he has in explaining every detail because i don't you well you're like this because this is what you do i like to know every single thing about it before i shoot it Mm mm-hmm 
Pratt. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah, they did a great job. It was mm-hmm. uh, repeated. I mean, you know, it's not the only time they do it. So to do it over and over and over and still be as excited about it is it was definitely helps make it more fun on our end too. Yeah. Well, what have you got going on in the future? What have you got coming up? So still reviewing a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. getting ready here uh, when we're done chatting to go do a video. And yes. then um, we hopefully come February doing a little snow goose hunting. Yes. With you guys. Yes. Yeah. Very excited about that. <laughs> Never done any uh, other than turkeys, no bird hunting. So mm-hmm. definitely excited to give that a try. Uh-huh. Um, you know, of course, deer season will be coming before we know it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about doing a little crossbow hunting this year. I, I stopped bow hunting a few years ago. Um, just never felt super great at it enough. You know, don't really like tracking. Mm-hmm. And uh, so kind of stopped doing that and stuck with the gun. But thinking about trying out a, a crossbow this year, do mm-hmm. a little review on a couple of those things and see how see how they shoot and see how that works out. Yep. And it's, it's it's different how like Tennessee, you can use a crossbow without having to have a reason for it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There are some states where you have to have, you know, doctor's notes, proof that you can't pull back on a bow. And so Mm -hmm. you, you definitely need to check all of you guys out there listening, make sure you check your, your rules on it. But that I still introducing people to hunting i i still love archery season better than gun season and mm-hmm. so i think Absolutely. that crossbows have their their part in that um with new hunters in, in just mm-hmm. in my opinion um i know a lot of hunters out there think that they're cheating but i i think that <laughs> there are i used to be the exact same way right but i think that there yep. are good reasons for using them i wouldn't i mean i have been told do not pull back on a bow well i still love mm-hmm. archery yeah. season so i'm very grateful yeah. that that we have the ability to use um crossbows right now so yeah yeah yeah. Well, I'm it up to a lot of, a lot of people. Oh yeah. Like we have a, a good friend who has a daughter. Um, and I think she started hunting probably two or three years ago when she was nine or 10, mm-hmm. uh, 10 or 11, somewhere in that range. And she started bow hunting. She, and she doesn't gun hunt to this day. Like she doesn't have any desire to shoot a gun, mm-hmm. but he gets to take her hunting and she's taken a couple of deer with a, with a crossbow. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't, you know, if, if she wasn't allowed to use that, she wouldn't, be a hunter right so it's 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 cool it definitely has its place and you know like you said different people have different thoughts on it mm-hmm. but opening it up to to more people that's what we need we need more people who are supporting hunting and supporting mm-hmm. hunters and uh, doing it right really for people to do that and doing it correctly mm-hmm. yeah so i agree well i loved Man, I loved, I think that my favorite part of this conversation was when you were discussing, there are a lot of favorite things, but I think that going back (laughs) and looking back, because, you know, I take notes on all of my, I'm like, oh, that was a good point. And that was, and I love your, like what you guys came up with, the whole facts um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and how it fits, how it's advertised, like the quality of the advertising is huge. Mm-hmm. Construction, mm-hmm. testimonials, uh, should I buy it? I love how you put that together because it does give you that guideline that keeps it. Each review that you do has that guideline and it keeps it right. all put together nicely in a package. But each thing is going to answer those questions differently. So, right. I love that y'all did that, that you have that guideline. Thanks. It's pretty cool. It, it definitely helps us make sure we answer. We try really hard to answer all of the questions mm-hmm. that people have in, in one place. Usually there, most videos are between nine and 11 minutes, mm-hmm. um, which I know sometimes when you click on a video and you're like, oh, nine minutes, it's long, but it's not when you're getting a review. Marked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if people are like, oh, I'm done with that part and they can, you know, skip to the next part mm-hmm. or, but Again, our goal is to make as efficient and concise as possible, but still answer, hopefully, every question you could have about it. So you only have to go one place. Awesome. Well, tell people, give your information on how they can follow you and how they can find you on YouTube. Okay, so Instagram is Review This Thing. 
Um, and Facebook, we're also review this thing. And then on uh, YouTube, it is just is super complicated. So um, www.youtube.com slash C slash review this thing. And please subscribe. Mm-hmm. We are uh, nearing that magic 1000 mark. So if you, if you would be so kind as to hit that little subscribe button and the, the notification bell and, yeah. and watch some videos, comment, give us a thumbs up. Um, all of that stuff. It's just really supporting you. To decide we should watch it. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. And it gets the right kind of videos in front of the people that need to see them. So, um, so yeah, you guys go follow. And you are so great at responding. So if mm. you do have any questions about the videos or anything like that, you can – you're, you can bet you're going to get a response back. Yeah. So feel we, f- we definitely try to respond to every, every mm-hmm. comment. Every, I mean, there's a reason that if, if we didn't want to, you know, semi become the expert on the product, we shouldn't put a video out there. So right. It, if, if there's a question I don't know the answer to, it may take a couple of days because that's, that's, I'm trying to figure out the correct answer. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we try to answer, answer every comment and make sure that, that, uh, even though we appreciate them watching and, and, you know, if we can help, we definitely want to. I love that. Thank you, Adrian. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a great. Good.